You're listening to Making Musical Quantum Lips with Toby and Worship. Making Musical Quantum Lips with Toby and Worship is a podcast that discusses and profiles the dilemma and numerous questions singing worshipers have. It's a crucible. It's a forge. It's a kitchen. Yes, it's inspiring. It's eye-opening. Trust this going to be lots of fun. Join us at Eden Studio for today's episode. Let's make musical quantum leaps together. time you're listening to this podcast i must apologize for the delay in this podcast like it's just been one trouble to another is it the network problem we want to talk about guys i have to leave this country as soon as possible i can't help this anymore the network is just terrible <laughs> and it's not terrible until we want to start recording that's just how bad it is anyway that's talk for another day so um today is the day we've all been waiting for a podcast with minister a.s henry and he is he's all riled up and ready for us and i'm trusting god we're gonna have a very lovely and amazing moment with him minister henry please say hi to everybody um hello thank you so much for having me uh, i look forward to having a beautiful time in God's presence. Thank you. All right. So uh, we have a topic uh, in front of us. It's worship, it's chants, and I actually forgot to put this in the last, I think the last session we had, the last podcast, the last podcast we had. There's a, there was also prayer, but we didn't talk about that. We just said a little about worship, just said a little about chant, and we just heard it close. But today we are talking till we take everything we have on ground, all right? So um, tell us a little bit about you before we go into the main business of the day. Who are you, Minister A.S. Henry, and how did your musical journey begin? Oh, thank you. That's such a beautiful question. Um, I'm a lot of things. Uh, I'm a graduate of um, Kogi State University, but I studied physics, so basically I'm a physicist. I'm also a material um, scientist called Goldhunt. Um, I'm a lover of Christ. I'm a lover of God and His Christ. Uh, um God's sound. I'm part of God's um God's end time army here on earth. Propagating God's gospel through sounds. Uh 
I'm a songwriter. I'm a, ah, I'm a lot of things. Wow. Let's just let's just let's just end there for now. <laughs> right, right. So next question: How did your musical journey begin? Like, how? Just a short, a short, uh, a short piece on how your musical journey began. I'm just talking about your musical journey, then your journey as a singing worshipper. I like saying that because I believe everyone is a worshipper. Yeah. If you call upon the name of God and you truly seek Him, of course, you're a worshipper. But we have singing worshippers. I use that instead of saying, instead of ascribing worship to people that sing alone, I just believe they are singing worshippers. So how did your, how did your music journey begin? Your ministerial journey, yeah, ministerial okay. journey. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I would say I started music at a very very young age. As I said, learning instruments, learning drums. At a very very young age, I think at about eleven years, twelve years, something like that. I learning and I moved to the keyboard and later on, much, much later on, I moved to the guitar. So um, music started very early for me, but singing, singing didn't start early for me. In fact, I started singing professionally in 2016. That was when I started like professionally. So prior to the year 2016, if we were calling singers and I was in the congregation, I would not come outside. So that was it. But it's singing, the singing ministry for me started in 2016. I went for a camp meeting and I just heard somebody sing a song. This, this wonderful lady. Um, this song, Potions. That song just ministered to me. And that was where it, that was where it dawned on me that I had singing it. I didn't, I never ever, never even. There and, and wow, that's amazing. How that somebody else's ministration could light up another minister is just mm. it's just amazing. Like yeah. the spirit of God is just spectacular. Like oh that's why we as ministers should charge up enough because our worship becomes an activation, it becomes a yeah. a a, uh, a fetcher. Imagine if you were never in that administration. I know God might have eventually um, brought up somebody to light up that fire, but you were there. She may not have known that that was what her music did, but that was what it did. That's just amazing. That's just amazing. So, let's move. So, that, what is worship? It's funny enough, that's my name, and I'm asking what it is. So, so what is worship? All right? What is worship? Let's not go too far, but at least since it's not just worship we are talking about, the main topic of discussion is actually chant. So, but mm. it has it's all encompassing. So, what is worship? Okay, um, worship is goes beyond songs, first of all, because um, there's this stereotype that suggests that worship is just songs, 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 song. No, worship is reverence worship is reverence to a deity reverence to god that's 
worship you can worship god with your substance you can worship god with your life you can worship god with your thoughts you can worship god with your with, with your 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 cogitations that is what worship is so worship is reverence so can you revere god through your life can you revere god through your thoughts that is worship can you revere god through songs that is worship so worship is just is not just a song. Worship is reverence. It shows reverence, and there is, and in this kingdom there is a prescribed order. There is a way to worship. So it's basically that's just it. Basically, that is worship. Reverence to deity. Reverence to God. Are you there? So, so many people are confused. Like, they hear um, people do stuff like chants. Basically, I didn't know chants when I heard Lawrence Oyo doing them. I was like, who is this now? It sounded like, in fact, I was talking to one of my friends, Wadi, and I was playing in Lawrence Oyo chant. He said, God, all these affairs will catch him now. That whole stuff. <laughs> I really was actually scared when he heard Lawrence Oyo's chants. You know, so I had that feeling. I was like, how can somebody be doing this thing like a Hindu chant? That's like the, the exact impression you would get when you hear Lawrence chant. It's just, it's almost exactly like a Hindu chant. Like, God, mm. the guy was really scared. <laughs> I was like, don't fear. <laughs> this, this is genuine. It cannot be fake. So, what is a chant? Now, um, thank you so much for that question. From what you said, I that um what if this thing is is something that is diabolical or something yeah um first of all god created everything there is nothing today good and evil that existed before god now evil is not the opposite of good evil is the perversion of good Mm. so what the what what um devil does is he takes the template of God and then he perverts it. The devil cannot create. The devil does not have the power to create anything. So when you hear uh, most of these demonic chants they do, what has happened is that it is actually a perversion of divine order. Mm. It's not, they never created it. So what they did was they took the sounds of heaven and then they turned it around to to, to to the perverse that sound and used it for the projection of, of, of demons. And in, 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 with that understanding, we should know that, first of all, there is something called the discernment of spirits. When a, mm. when a minister chants, you should be able to discern the spirits behind that chant. So when you can discern the spirit behind the chant, you know that it is of God. You know that this is for the education of the body of Christ. Now, going to what a chant is, a chant is basically, scripture speaking in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, saying, I will pray in my understanding. I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray with my understanding. I'll sing in the spirit and I'll sing with my understanding. Now, what this, what um, Paul here was speaking to the brethren, 
was trying to explain to them that there is a place where you worship God. There is a place where you sing to God. There's a place where you commune with God beyond the understanding of your vocabulary. That place is where you allow God to speak to you. So we, 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 we believe in this, in speaking in tongues. We believe in diverse tongues. Okay. So chants are basically scripture speaking in Romans 18 says we know not what to pray or how we ought to but speak in that serious because we groan in which cannot be uttered. Chants are basically groanings, utterings, utterings by the spirit. That's what chants are. They, 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 there's, there are moments where we communicate with God. There's a moment where you communicate with God. This is your, this is your, this is your human spirit in you communicating to God. Then there is a moment where you communicate with God. That means God in you communicating and making that, that connection. So that's basically what chants are. Chants are just um, um, birthings, birth pangs. They are just groanings in the spirit that come out um, through reading. And that was, that's what we hear as chants, basically. Whoa. And they are very scriptural. Very, very, very scriptural. All right, all right. So, um, someone is confused now. I know if we dare to double into this now, we have to double into speaking in tongues. <laughs> I, I, I really don't want to go that way today. <laughs> I really don't want to go that way today. We would have to double there, but basically, singing in the spirit is most times just singing without your understanding. Yeah, singing yeah. in tongues. Yeah, so now I asked this question before. How do you know, um, how do you chant everywhere? Because there are some churches you go, you invited somewhere or even your local church. For example, your local church is the Methodist church. How would you minister to those people? Mm-hmm. Would you chant? Is it acceptable everywhere? This is, this is a very, very important question. Because in the body of Christ, there's something called balance. There is a balance in everything. You, you, and Paul speaking says with Romans, I became a Roman. It doesn't mean that, um, it doesn't um, remove the validity of this dimension of God, which is chance. It does. But the fact is, why are you ministering? It is because you need to edify them. So if in a particular congregation you know that the 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 spiritual understanding, their spiritual understanding is not that which uh, is in tandem with um, chance, what you do is that you just flow in the spirit and flow at their levels so that they can edify. Now that is one step. The next step is um, okay. So. Balance is something that is very, very key. Um, so, whilst you, you, you um, know that there are some congregations that would be accustomed to that dimension or that kind of dealing with the spirit, when you are not in that type of congregation, because of the purpose of edification, 
for you to edify the body of Christ where you, you, you are about to minister, you should know that you should flow in their rhythm, flow in their, their wavelength. Okay? But it doesn't that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have that knowledge. Okay, mm. so very something that is very important is spiritual education. Spiritual education is very important. So while you are there, while you're there, while you you can you can always using scriptures, you know, expose these truths to, to these persons. You know, so um yes, when you go somewhere, when you go to minister somewhere, observe and discern. The, the, the type of congregation and flow, flow with them. Yeah, in summary, we should just flow with the leading of the spirit, not what you're used yeah. to. Not what exactly. So, uh, next, next question. Since we are treating everything around um, um, worship and prayers, now I know the scripture um, said we should. What where you said something so um, that like so strong that I held on to. The last time we had this session, we're talking about. I think we we are saying, okay, how does one start to chant? And we are talking. You were talking about how that we should just ask God to teach us how or to show us how and ask in prayer. And you said a lot of stuff. I just wanted to retweet. I don't want to say what you said. I wanted to say what you said. So how do we begin to chant? Is it a? Uh, does it just happen? Or um, there's a way to do it. There's a way to go about it. Okay. And how did it begin for you? And how did it begin for you? Okay. Um, thank you very much. For me, first of all, I would say prayer. There is no, there is no um, code. There is no code of conduct. There is no specific set of rules that you have to follow in order to touch and say prayer. Prayer is the most important of all. Prayer is the key thing. Ask, ask, and you shall be given. So basically, that's the, 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 that's the um, foundation. However, spiritual gifts need to be sharpened. Spiritual gifts need to be trained. Um, continuous Continuous chanting always gets, always leads to um, a kind of mastery in that. Increasing in anointing, increasing mastering, as you said. So you don't just, when a child starts walking, um, sometimes after taking a few steps, they fall. Then mm-hmm. after, when they continue, before you know it, they are steady on their feet. Then before you know, they know it, they can walk. Before you know it, they can run. Such mm-hmm. is the same thing with um, chanting in the Holy Ghost. It's you, you, you mm-hmm. continue, you continue. It might not be that clear at the beginning. It might be rough and all, but you continue. And then for me, how I started chanting, honestly, it's, it was just prayer. There are sometimes when I would spend hours, days, praying and just, and then it will just come. You just keep it. For me, chanting is beyond, beyond songs. Mm-hmm. There is, for you to sing a song, there is inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And then there's also inspiration of words. That's why you write the song. 
things in the book. Mm-hmm. But when you chant, what you're doing is that the Holy Spirit is singing through you. He's singing words. Though those words are not fruitful to the understanding of your flesh, but they are fruitful to the understanding of the spirit. So he's, mm-hmm. he's both inspiration by words and by reading. That's what you get from chant. So for me, it, that was such a beautiful experience. Every time I had the opportunity to stay in prayer and chant, it was just so beautiful. And I kept on going. As I said, the more time you spend doing it, the more you do. So for me, that was how it started. Prayers, and definitely I listened to a lot of music. Lorenzo, your William Theophilus, because then I was really close to him then. So that's, that's basically... That's basically how it started for me. So it is it's just it's just prayer and continua continue. Thank you so much, man of God. That's really eye-opening and inspiring. Most most of our um, most of the things we actually desire, most of them, there's no any other two way. Yesterday I was in fellowship and it was the theme of the program was power and glory. And man of God was like, if there was another way, he would have showed us that there's no other way to stake in the glory, to get power, you must stay in the place of prayer. And most, most giftings are tied to the place of prayer. If the devil can stop us from praying, then he has won totally because we cannot get anything, we cannot grow, there cannot be acceleration, there can be nothing. So, Obviously, it is tied to the place of prayer. Okay, so the next question is dressing. Hmm. I don't want to mention names, but <laughs> and I also don't want to mention denomination, but I just try as much as possible to just um, say it in parables. All right, so man of God, yeah, and um, there are some congregations you go to, and in fact, not congregations, there are people that. When you go to the, uh, their denominations to minister, no, I just said not denominations. People that, if you dress in a particular way, even if you sing fire and brimstones, <laughs> you cannot bless them. They will be stagnant. Like, 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 uh, like, um, OJ, you remember OJ? What she said that he was in a meeting and she was literally, she was sitting down with somebody and the person would not stand up to worship simply because the singer or the minister per se was not dressed according to her own standard of um, in quotes and unquotes holiness so <laughs> man of God, <laughs> what do we do about it? and also i'm not saying this as a warrant that we should dress anyhow of course i'm not mm. saying that because i like i said i didn't want to mention names i know of a minister that my parents were watching she was singing a song and my parents were watching it was on cable it was on cable and they were watching and i was like ah, now she's singing a gospel song how truly when i beheld it's a very popular minister i don't have to mention him she was a very popular minister when i opened my eyes to, to gaze upon what this lady was wearing no now i was like no no please or even though see i know there's a although we do not have there's nothing like christian dress obviously mm. there's no holy ghost dress <laughs> there's no dress that is that brings me to wonder how those guys to go to heaven and it's only the wardrobe session that's ages to take them to. it doesn't take them to any other place only the wardrobe. 
Best coach. Doesn't show them any other thing. So that's talk for another that's tough for another day. But even though there's no dress code, there's no there's no such thing as a Christian dressing. Although there's a Muslim dressing, there's Hindu dressing. But there's no such thing as a Christian dressing. So one question is, what is the gauge of a godly, modest way of dressing? Two, even in cases where to to you and to your conscience and to the Holy Ghost inside of you. That dressing is modest. As so the Holy Ghost to some other denomination, if you know what I'm saying, that dressing is yeah. modest in their own denomination. But this denomination that you went to now, the dressing is not modest to them. What do you do? Also, let me give another instance too. There's this friend of mine, she does all this um, campus uh, ministry, I said, sorry, secondary school, school ministry, where she goes from secondary school to secondary school preaching. So she went to one school and she wore trousers to the uh, secondary school to her. She said while she was ministering, somebody wrote a note to her saying, uh, ah, God, how did the person put it? That please change your uh, dressing. And uh, Jesus, whether it's Jesus is coming soon or her fire is uh, this dressing. Uh, hey, this dressing is not something like that. Oh God. So that was one question. She said when she saw it, it just demoralized her. It was like, so this person now will not be blessed, will not be reached to, will not be touched simply because of the way she dressed. And it was, for me, the way she dressed was modest. To her, it's modest. To her team that they came with, it's modest. In fact, to some people in that same congregation, it's modest. So, man of God, this question is plenty. How do we do this? How do you, is there a dressing that is acceptable to everybody in all congregations? So that we will know. And weird. When I invited, let me make, let me call his name. Just a bad thing I want to say. When I invited Minister Mister uh, Ki to our school, oh, some people, because of the way his hair was, they mm. were in their mind. They would this, they, they say, mm, this one cannot bless them. It's not God. Can you imagine? And please, how was his hair? They were just little traits of. It's just like okay, I didn't comb my hair today, or maybe like dreadlock. Something that looks like it's not even dreadlock. It just looks like it has an appearance of dreadlock, but it does not. It does not even dreadlocks. To me, it's so dreadlocks, but to some people, it's an offense to them. And I also mm. I followed him to I followed him to a government house to go and minister to. And when I got there, when we closed, one one of their reverend in the government house was like, um, um, that he has an angelic voice. But please, this is her. I should change it. So my humble man of God, as over as it was like, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. You know that kind of thing now. <laughs> you bow down your head, yes sir, yes sir, I understand. <laughs> no. There's nothing there, like, but anyway, I've Uh-oh. talked too much. You see, God. see eh, this, this, <laughs> this question, this question, but you can, I'm sure that if I leave you for like one hour, you'll still be asking the question. Because it's a very long one. But the truth is this. Hmm? I would start with the soft side and then I'll I'll, I'll speak I'll, I'll speak in the hard in the hard tone. First of all, as believers, as ministers, we have to know that they are babies. Mm-hmm. They are children in Christ. Okay. There are people that their their perspective the Christian race 
has been geared in the wrong direction by doctrines that are not so spiritual. So that's Paul, mm. we see, let everything be done orderliness and let us do everything in, let everything be moderate so the truth is that what is obtainable here another thing that we should look at is cultural difference yeah. there are some in, i wouldn't call them reading church here in, in nigeria or mfm here in nigeria you can't wear you can't wear trousers but if you go abroad mm. you see mfm no, the Jesus, the Jesus, the Jesus in uh, in abroad, the Jesus in abroad is different from the Jesus in. He's different. different. Jesus in Nigeria. Right. <laughs> so, so you you would know that this thing is a cultural thing, a cultural inclination that they have dragged into 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 the body of Christ. I don't want to say they have dragged into religion. I do not like referring to Christianity as a religion. So I would say mm. something they have, dragged, they have dragged into the body of Christ, which is totally wrong. Now, you do not, you do not have the autonomy, whoever you might be, of deciding who and what, who is dressed um, decently and what a decent looking dress is. Because... Mm. What you might see as decent, another person might see as indecent. Another person might see as decent. So do you tell me that, oh, so everywhere I'm going now, I have to conform to the picture of a decent dressing. That those people have. That those people have. Those individual persons. Like, if you, like if you watch, you watch, listen, if you watch some um, Maverick City, Elevation, Hillsong, yeah. Uh, uh, worship teams out there you would see like i literally saw a lady wore she wore bomb shorts like all oh, these joggers you can call it like it's above yeah. her knee it's above her knee it's, let me not say it's below it's above like before her knee and she was very armless like and she was in a worship service and she was lifting up her hands and she was worshiping freely nobody was mm. squeezing face somewhere. nobody was tying face nobody was mm. eyeing her Nobody say we know what she because and she was not the only one that was dressed that way. Come mm. on. Now circles like that. Continue, man of God. The truth is, um, people need to understand that salvation or uh, salvation is a gift. People need to understand that Christians, believers need to understand that salvation is a gift of God. It is not mm. by your works. It is not by how decent you dress that makes you very holy. It's not by mm-hmm. how much you keep the commandments in quote that makes you a holy person. No, mm. God's gift to us is righteousness. God's gift to us is salvation. He saved us. It's not is we, we can't boast of any righteousness of ours. We mm. can't. So the truth is a lot of individuals, a lot of Christians, they always want to validate their righteousness. By trying mm. to be, by the way they by dress, trying to do, yes, by doing physical things to appeal to their conscience, they want to appeal to their conscience that oh, I'm holy, so they do certain things. That is not how scripture works. Scriptures, that's not how, how this kingdom works. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. That's not how it works. It's a gift. It's a gift. So they need to understand this thing. They need to understand this thing. If 
I always ask myself, if what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me hmm, can be cancelled by the type of hair haircut I'm having on my head, then Jesus Christ shouldn't have just have died. Yeah. If what Jesus did on the cross joining us for today's podcast we're going to continue this series in the next episode don't forget to like share subscribe comment bye for now we are passionate about your sound